0: It's your American Patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. I am the warrior. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the U.S. Patriot Show. talk radio's premier jewish activist cindy gross featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters remember you don't have to be jewish to be with cindy and now coming from our wgbb studios in the tri-state area your jewish patriot cindy gross
1: Hello and welcome to the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish women activist. You don't have to be Jewish to be a part of our show. And we talk about every topic from the headlines to the trends that affects the Jewish community internationally and the non-Jewish community internationally. And we see how we overlap in our agreements, disagreements, and our love for the state of Israel, for the history of Judeo-Christian values, and for the things we do in our everyday life. And today's really a show about everyday life. We're talking food. We're talking fashion. We're talking how food is relating to the upcoming uh, nine days and uh, mourning period for Jews. But it overlaps with the vegan diet, the vegetarian diet. We're talking about previews of New York Fashion Week and how many people in the Jewish community are involved in New York Fashion Week coming up this September. And we're talking directly with an official from Jerusalem. Every single day, we are seeing headlines out of Israel. We are seeing headlines about Jews being attacked. Uh, anti-Semitism on the rise, and we're going to have a one-on-one discussion with the Deputy Mayor. This week was no different than any other week where there were headlines, distortions, uh some real news, some fake news, even a documentary came out uh that is being shown around the world regarding the truth about Israeli settlements in Judea and Samaria. And we're going to be talking all about that. But as everybody knows, I have my own take of things in my opening pearls of wisdom because I am Ziesel Peril. And uh, as you know, that means uh, sweet pearl in Yiddish. And I'm very happy to announce that the Freshwater Pearl Company is sponsoring my opening. And I can't think of a better opening than to discuss looking to our cultures for common ground. I started to mention it a little bit with our food. Right now, Jews are in a mourning period. We are mourning the loss of both of our main temples in Jerusalem. And you know what I could tell you? You know, people looking at times today, whether or not you're a Democrat or Republican or progressive or a conservative, and they're saying, we're living in crazy times. But if you go back to uh, biblical times and if you read the Old Testament, you will see that in history, people were exploring and experimenting and challenging uh, themselves in times very similar to this. And uh, a lot of those times surround the uh, destruction of the temples. And I can tell you, I had a very interesting discussion and I was part of a a lecture series this week in regard to our good times ahead. And I could tell you that people looking at these times, like uh, the atom bomb for every action, there's a opposite and equal reaction or an equal and opposite reaction. And that's the same kind of thing. Because as Jews are in mourning, we are working together with common-sense non-Jews around the world looking for peace, looking for happiness. And it can be found in our cultures. It can be found by exploring our foods, our music, even though we're not listening to music right now. We could think about it so that when we have a glorious celebration after Tisha B'Av, it could be in our discussions and our meetings in our nonprofit organization work more than ever. I am hearing from loads of people looking to volunteer in their communities. And you know what they're looking for, for social activities, but there's no reason why you can't benefit and have a good time and meet a friend while doing a good deed for a neighbor, for a stranger. And as many of you know, there is nothing more popular right now than modest fashion. You see it in the maxi dresses of the summer, and it's going right into fall. The layering of uh, different garment pieces and the accessories. And the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to be talking about what's going to be happening for the fall. Because there is a bright outlook from all of this, and I want you all to have that. And the next few shows are going to be dedicated to that. and. I can't think of a better way to end the show than celebrating ice cream because ice cream is something that relates all of us, whether it's Italian gelato or the ice cream from Jerusalem in the markets that's uh, more natural-based and creamy. And, of course, now all the soy and coconut-based, plant-based that is so popular around the world. Um, so sit back listen, enjoy, and learn a little bit. Don't believe everything you're hearing in the news unless you know for sure your source is reliable and then even double and triple check it. But I can promise you here at the S Patriot, we work our hardest to bring you facts and to bring you opposing opinions so that you join together and have a common sense discussion and maybe experiment with something new that you might like. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot and joining us now is another Jewess Patriot, the deputy mayor of Jerusalem, Floor Hassan Nahum, and uh she is joining us via phone from Israel. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We hear about everything going on in Israel every day in America, some good, some bad, Please update us on everything from Jerusalem. And thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot.
2: So thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Um, Jerusalem, look, at the moment, let's start with the good news, right? We're in the middle of summer season. Uh, Hotels are buzzing. Uh, Lots of families here, also from your area, um, coming to spend summer in Israel. A lot of them in Tel Aviv, many of them in Jerusalem. Lots of different groups from all around the world. And so our tourism is buzzing. Um, We had in the last few weeks um, a a culmination of some terrible, horrible terrorist attacks that's taken the lives over the last six months of tens of people, tens of innocent Jewish people. And so about a week ago, the army went into Janine, which is the center of the terrorist activities, ground zero for the terrorists who are funded by Hamas and we basically had to do what the Palestinian Authority was incapable or unwilling to do and that is clean up and get rid of all the weaponry and get rid of some very dangerous people that are planning attacks on innocent civilians. But that's over and done with. The retaliation hasn't been huge and we hope it stays this way. Um, And of course, Ongoing for the last few months has also been the internal problems that we have uh, around the judicial reform, which is, you know, half the country, a little bit more than half a country wanting uh, to change the judiciary in some way, which I believe some of the changes are are really needed and warranted. And our other country, the half of the country panicking everyone that this is the end of democracy, which I think is, uh, you know, I, I know that people are worried, but I think it's a complete exaggeration. So basically between the uh, issues of the conflict and the internal issues that Jews have always had, because we've always been very argumentative people with each other, um, we're still having a pretty decent summer. I think you're
1: having a better than a decent summer because the word around here is that uh interest in making Aliyah, to come live in Israel, Jews around the world feeling the attacks of anti-Semitism that they never felt before or maybe pre-Holocaust times. I am hearing record numbers of people looking for that second home or even making the full uh, Aliyah, making Israel, J- Jerusalem, the outskirts, of course, Tel Aviv, uh, such a, a desire, place to make their uh destination and their homeland. Uh, you mentioned several of the political things. Let's talk about, first of all, what you said about the judicial reform. It's the ultimate democracy. People are talking about what they want in their government. So it's the ultimate democracy, and we have it, of course, here in America. And uh unfortunately, uh those that want to attack Israel and blame Israel are using the fake news media, for lack of a better word. But... Yeah, Go ahead. Absolutely.
2: Go ahead. I, I think that we, I mean, look, I'm in the, I'm, I'm part of the liquid party, so, um, so I'm pro um, most of the things that have been proposed, um, and the reason, uh, but, but I really think that we've done a terrible job in communicating why we need reforms to begin with, and, and what, what, what the result is going to be, and I think that the opposition which of course is looking for a good excuse to pull down the government have done a wonderful job of attaching itself to this oh we won't see the end of democracy which of course is ridiculous we're talking about a system that would become democratic we're talking about a more representative supreme court at the moment is very unrepresentative of the population also politically and also ethnically um we're talking about um you know uh, trying to roll back judges, you know, deciding the scope of their own power with a better defined system for judges to understand what is their power, what's the limit of the power, the way the government does. And so all of these things that make a lot of sense and should have been an internal issue that we kind of find compromise has been, I, I would say, uh, captured, held hostage by uh the elements that just, you know, happy with this government. Uh, want to get rid of this government. And this has been a wonderful way for them to enlist the help of all of the Jews around the world and different governments to try and put a stop to 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 some reforms that that, may, that really most of them uh, make a lot of sense. And not only that, but leaders of the opposition parties that today are talking about the end of democracy were people who had spoken in the past about a need to reform the judiciary. So there's a lot of cynicism, cynical use um of these reforms for political reasons. But, you know, that's government, that's politics, that's life. It's not new. Um, And it's also not new for the Jewish people. You know, our history is, you know, it's riddled with uh, internal strife and divisions. It's not a good thing, but it's not a new thing. And so, you know, people conflagrating this to, oh, the end of democracy and uh, it, it, I think it's it's exaggerated for political reasons. I think some people are generally worried, but it's mainly from misinformation. Um, and I'm hoping that we will reach compromise. I'm always a politician who thinks that the best decisions are always consensus decisions because those are the ones that are going to stick. You don't want to make these reforms and then in a year have another government or two years have another government and they get rolled back. What's the point? The point is to create some type of common denominator and consensus that we can all agree upon and uh, and that's where I think we should be going. Um, I see that the, the the more stubborn side is definitely the opposition side because this has given them oxygen um, and has given them a cause, a political cause um, that they haven't had in a long time. So let's see how this ends. But the beauty of Israel is and I want to I want to talk about this for a second. You know, they did a survey of where are people happiest in the world and Israel came number four. And people are like, well, really? And conflict? Tel Aviv, I
1: think, came out as number one. I was going to bring that up a little later. Well, they the did interview. Israel as
2: a whole. I don't know about the city ones. Mm-hmm. Um I think Tel Aviv came number one as expensive cities in the world. But in terms of happiness, Israel came in fourth. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, why are the people in Israel happier than the people in New Zealand that have zero conflict and zero <laughs> strife? and it turns out that the way that we're set up and this is really mainly the jewish people the way we're set up and also some of the muslim most of the muslims here were very family oriented people We're communal people you know the practice of judaism is something that you cannot do on your own it is done in a group in a community and ultimately when you look at america what's going on there's a pandemic of loneliness uh, there's a pandemic a pandemic of isolation of social isolation going on. And in Israel, you know, you can't get five minutes of peace and quiet. So (laughs) in the end, the family construct, the communal construct, the way that the country is always buzzing, the way that people live in groups and families, even single people are surrounded by families and friends. It's a communal setup. And ultimately, that's why people are happier because people are living the way they were supposed to live, not on their own, but in community and in family.
1: So we talk about community and family, and of course, there's no place like Jerusalem to feel that. When you walk the streets, you feel the history. So many of our listeners here are Christian Zionists that love Israel and Jerusalem. I was fortunate enough to be at the Jerusalem embassy opening of the United States. There's a lot of news in the United States about different countries looking to open their embassies, They are either uh, have announced it or are in negotiations. Can you update us on what is going on with the various embassy openings in Jerusalem?
2: So after America made the brave step and uh, the very much uh, appreciated step of announcing that they were going to move the embassy, another couple of countries did the same. And they were Guatemala and Honduras. And they essentially have embassies here Kosovo, which is a new country relatively, 13, 14 years old, um, also have an embassy here in Jerusalem. And then what we're seeing more and more, and I'm and I'm responsible for some of this, and certainly I'm the point person in the city, um, is countries opening embassy branches in Jerusalem. So the Slovakian government opened a cultural arm, but again it's part of the embassy the Czech uh, government opened a consular arm. Hungary has a Jerusalem consular. Now, Uh, two weeks ago, the foreign minister and the mayor of Jerusalem announced that Russia is going to open also a consular arm. And I'm working, I can't say which countries, but I'm working on four Latin American countries that will open consular arms in Jerusalem. So slowly, slowly, we're going to get there. Um, I think America leading was important. It's the right thing to do. And I always tell people all the time, it doesn't matter what arrangements we come with, with the Palestinians. And believe me, we all pray here that one day we'll have peace and our children won't have to be living in conflict. We all pray for that. But in whatever constellation you can imagine will happen here, Jerusalem will always remain the capital of the state of Israel. Um, because it has been the capital of the Jewish people for 3,000 years, not 75 years and not 56 years or whatever it is, since 67. So, you know, people have to understand this. It is our eternal capital. King David built this capital 3,000 years ago. And the reason why King David built the capital in Jerusalem, because he was the king of Judea and his capital was Hebron, um, when he said, I'm going to unite the kingdom, I'm going to unite all the Jewish tribes into one people. He picked Jerusalem as the one place that didn't belong to any one tribe so that it could be a place of gathering. And so the very DNA of Jerusalem is, is the one of incoming of the tribes. And I see that very much. And I, you know, when I look at my uh, diaspora sisters and brothers, I always say, if they don't feel that Jerusalem is their place, then we're doing something wrong. Every Jew should feel that this is also their home uh, from wherever they come from. And, We work very hard in the city of Jerusalem to ensure that, to ensure that everybody feels at home and that uh, people feel that this is their city, too.
1: Tell us a little bit about your background, because like New York, Jerusalem is filled with uh, Jews from all over the
2: world. Absolutely. I'm from the Rock of Gibraltar, which is in southern Spain, and where mainly Jews are Sephardi Jews that came from Spain or Spain, Morocco, uh, then Gibraltar. Um, and it's a beautiful community. It's a small community, but in percentage numbers, Jews are doing very well. And it was a wonderful, wonderful upbringing in Gibraltar. Um, and we're a British protectorate. So in terms of status, you know, if you see, if you think of how Puerto Rico and the United States, uh, Puerto Rico's status in the United States, it's more or less the same as Gibraltar with the UK. So I actually studied in the UK in England, and from there, my husband—I met my husband, and we made Aliyah 23 years ago, 22 years ago. And what do you do
1: for fun besides uh, bringing embassies to uh, Jerusalem and welcoming <laughs> Jews from all over the world and 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 people that are supporters, you know, of the state of Israel?
2: So I have four kids, um, and I love uh, when I have some time kids going to different places showing them different experiences. we travel a lot also inside Israel. I love we love going away on weekends uh, to discover different places in the country. there's always something new to discover. this country is small but it's full of treasures everywhere and so we always uh, we were in, we were in the Dead Sea for my husband's 50th birthday um, a few months ago and we took these jeep tours and we discovered places that I didn't know existed. There were places that had once been the bottom of the ocean. And as the tides uh, went down, um, we get to see what what the bottom of the ocean 2,000, 3,000 years ago looked like. And it's just fascinating. And that's 20 minutes from the Dead Sea. And so there's always something amazing to discover in Israel. Um, uh, my portfolios in Jerusalem are foreign relations, economic development and tourism. So my fund portfolio is tourism, and so I in Jerusalem. And so I'm always happy to get feedback.
1: Uh, before we close, I do have to ask you something on a serious note. The press in the United States has had a lot about the Biden administration's criticism of the Israeli government. In regard to settlements, in regard to the relationship with the Palestinians, of course, this doesn't help that we have our squad in Congress that's so anti-Israel. What is your feeling as an, I mean, if you could say it as an Israeli official about what is going on? uh, Of course, Likud, I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu has said he's been uh, friends with uh, President Biden for years since his days as senator. And we all know the relationship that he had with President Trump during that administration.
2: Look, I think it's very important to bear in mind that Israel has to be a bipartisan support issue. It's no good, um, you know, only being friendly with one side of the aisle. I think it's our obligation to ensure that all the lovers of Israel or the lovers of freedom in the Middle East are with us. It doesn't matter which which side of the aisle that they come from. I myself am close uh, to the outgoing um, ambassador for the U.S. here in Jerusalem, Tom Knights. We don't agree on everything. Uh, we don't agree on many things, but I think there's a lot that we do agree on. And the um, unbreakable bond of the United States and Israel is really the most important thing. And he always says, you know, families fight. And, you know, we 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 have the right to say what we think. I think that some politicians in this country consider some of it intrusive and some don't. But the main thing is this um america is our strongest ally it's in many ways in the un diplomatically protecting us uh from a lot of bad faith from bad faith actors and we can't lose sight of that we will have disagreements and that's okay we're a sovereign country we can make our own decisions and the americans have i don't think one takes away from the other i don't think it takes away from our sovereignty and i also don't think um that uh, any of us here can afford to to discard our most important ally so quickly. So I think it's all about keeping a balance. Um, like I said, we may not agree on certain things. We may agree on other things. And I think it's important to focus on the things that we do agree on and, uh, and, and, and move forward. It's not, I don't think it's something that um, we can play around with too much. I think it's something that we should continue to nurture and strengthen. Moving forward, where can
1: our audience find out more about you and the work you're doing and if they want to come to Israel, where they can see you?
2: So first of all, um, like you, I have a social media. So I'm on social media, Fleur Hassan N, F-L-E-U-R-H-A-S-A-N-N. Um, and I'm very active on Twitter as well, Facebook. I think there's not too many Fleurs in Israel. If you are. So if you look for Israel, for Jerusalem, I think it's pretty easy to find me. And I'm very happy to say I have a lot of followers from your part of the, part of the world. So um pleased to have a lot more. And please uh, feel free
1: to know that you are welcome here anytime. Update us on what's going on. We are all very interested in what is going on in Israel, especially Jerusalem, because it is the homeland of Judeo-Christian values. Mm-hmm. And we are all very strong Zionist, and I can't wait to come back to Jerusalem and to meet you in person.
2: Absolutely. And I'll give you um, my own private tour of my favorite places in Jerusalem.
1: I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot.
2: Thank you.
3: I'm Brian Schultz, founder of the Freshwater Pearl Company. I created the company to honor my mom's legacy and her 19-year journey with breast cancer. I watched all the support she needed along her journey, and it was on my heart to find a way to give back and support other women and families experiencing breast cancer as well. Giving back is a big part of what we do. We donate 2% of our gross online sales to support many nonprofit organizations like Dana Farber Cancer Institute, the American Cancer Society, and Runway for Recovery, to name a few. To help support our mission of giving back, please keep the Freshwater Pro company in mind this month when you need a gift for a friend, family, or loved one. We have many pieces on sale this month and have also curated a number of pre-packaged combo sets and gift ideas. We have packages made from our most popular pearl types ranging from Baroque Freshwater Pearls to Coin Pearls, as well as our unique and stylish Keshi Pearls for all types of budgets and design. You can shop our combo packages and gift ideas at thefreshwaterpearlcompany.com. Thank you for supporting both our mission and our business.
1: Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot, where you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And it is very fashionably timely, this uh, show that we have on all these uh fashion designers, these accessory designers, and our next guest I know for many years. And I initially got introduced to her Because of the work she did in fashion and connecting her work with nonprofits, she loves to do charity work through her fashion. Ola Hawatma is here. She is from New York. She um, is just very, she's a very interesting person. You're going to love meeting her. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. So I hope I said your name right, because I know we, you. Go you ahead. did.
4: You did say it right. And yes, I am interesting.
1: <laughs> you are uh, very interesting. You're a proud American. You love fashion. You are a beautiful girl. And you also love giving back. And part of that's giving back to your adopted homeland and also to people in need and people that are maybe not as fortunate as yourself. Tell us a little bit about your fa- fashion brand.
4: Well, uh, my brand is, my label is Ola Style. And I started it over, I would say 11, 12 years ago. Uh, before I started Ola Style and became a designer, I started a company called Mommy Makeover and felt that moms needed uh, time for themselves because some moms, they don't give the time to themselves. Their time is dedicated to their their kids. And when the mom looks good and feels good, the rest of the family does. So being a magnet in the house and creating Mommy Makeover, the huge success of Mommy Makeover, I decided to give back because I've always believed in giving back and helping the less fortunate especially when God blesses you. And when you are blessed, that is the right thing to do and do it from your heart. So second year, I started makeover for a cause and working with cancer teens and working with disabled veterans um, and, and troubled teens. So donating makeovers to them. Shortly after that, I became a designer. The whole purpose of whether it be business or politics or philanthropy, it's, it's to make a difference. In this amazing country, the greatest country um, in America. And as a first generation, when you're blessed with freedom and the amazing things um, that you have been gifted with, you just are so you don't take them for granted. So
1: where was your family from? They immigrated here from
4: Jordan and But I believe 72, they immigrate to
1: New York. And I have to tell people, (laughs) legally, I have to tell people that one of the reasons Ola and I met was because of her strong support for the state of Israel. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, because that's very interesting here for a lot of our listeners.
4: Well, I got a lot of um, not so pleasant messages um being Middle Eastern and walking into the Capitol Hill um, with an Israeli flag uh, that that didn't sit well with a lot of people and you take the most influential nation I mean Israel is you know'm I, I'm, I'm, I, I find a lot of people to be so against um, the Jews and against Israel um, and they sit and, and I do feel that they are the most hated. you know people talk about racism. You look at the Jewish community. I mean, I grew up um, with in the Jewish community, and it's it's and having friends and, and business partners and working with people um, in the community and and seeing the impact that they have and working with America, um, it was just it, it was a very courageous thing to do. But I look back, and I mean, it very dangerous as well. And it's a shame that we have to be that way. Um, but I encourage others, you speak your mind and you speak it from your heart and whatever's right, you just do it. So when working with mothers, uh, working with Middle Eastern women for Trump and being the vice president, doing that, it, it kind of went viral, um, having millions of views and Breitbart picked it up. Um, and it wasn't again, all, all pleasant. A lot of it was just, you know, calling Calling names and, and being um, as a Middle Eastern female doing something like this, they just didn't feel it was right. And I mean, you look at the Middle East. There's so much politics. There's so much drama. There's so much war. Um, and it's the same thing over and over. And you can't you can't shy away from 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 your roots. You just can't.
1: Well, talking about your roots, let's talk about your fashion roots. How did you begin? uh working in fashion how were you trained so it's i didn't
4: go to fashion school and what's crazy is so i was a fashion editor for i lo- i've always loved fashion for a magazine in missouri and i was covering fashion week and i remember walking into this one i don't know it was it was a restaurant and there was an italian girl there who worked with shoes and there was all it was a fashion display and we i started talking to her and we kept in touch, and I said, okay, well, what's holding us back? You know, let's put together a fashion line and and create it. And so I I had the idea, created the LLC, just like I started Mommy Makeover, um, and that's how it started. It started really small. This girl from Italy and, and this girl from, from New York – two completely different backgrounds, but their love for fashion and creating a brand and pushing it um, and putting it in fashion weeks. Um, it was it was challenging, but I mean, if the fashion industry is, is a hard industry to get in, but when you just go blindly and, and put all your passion into your work, it has to succeed in one way or another. Um, And what I love the most about starting the label is the opportunity to reach out to so many other teens that needed help and needed guidance um, and were lost or felt uh, insecure. And the runway I created, it was a runway of confidence that they can feel like supermodels. And changing so many lives was has been the greatest opportunity and the greatest blessing to see these models that I've worked with since they were 9, 10 years old as troubled young girls. And now seeing them portraying themselves on social media as supermodels, um, that to me like, brights my heart. That to me is worth everything. What's your favorite
1: kind of piece to design? I love couture
4: dresses because I love, I mean, fabric is everything and anything that you make. And I love making couture gowns and couture dresses. And shopping for fabric is is probably the greatest thing. (laughs) Like I love, that's the joy in putting these things together and creating the pattern and and seeing it come to life. Um, So definitely would have to be, couture dresses this season I think is the best it's my best line ever um the fabric is out of this world it's gorgeous uh, sequence heavy knit just beautiful and it's 12 to 15 pieces I do have a new model that is the face of Ola style for for this year and we will be, she'll be in a couple of shows, but the first show that she will be in is fashion week in September. And I can't wait. I'm so excited to, to debut my, my new line. I have been kind of not MIA from the fashion world as last year I did do a veterans show for disabled veterans and female veterans and they, they got makeovers. They got to keep the dresses and it was wonderful, but politics has been kind of First on my agenda, as we definitely, if you want to make a difference and a huge impact, you have to get involved in politics because politics in America, it's it's so twisted and, and so messed up. And and if you if you really want to make a difference, you get involved and change things up. Um, and so I've been running campaigns, as you know. Yeah. And still running campaigns. Um they have me running on a local campaign this year, and so it's struggling both, but Staying true to yourself and focused with the objective is how do you make a difference with the tools that you have and the gifts that you have?
1: What do you say to people that are saying like Fashion Week and fashion is the industry's changed so much between the crime in the malls and people not shopping and the economy and I'm hearing from many fashion designers, they're having problems getting the fabrics imported and they're getting, yep. um, they have a very hard time getting workers.
4: Absolutely. They are, but things are changing slowly. They really are. Uh, things are not the same. So don't give up. I know a lot of fashion designers after COVID, they've switched careers. They've given up. And now all of a sudden things are changing. It's it's easier to get the fabric. It's, it's people now are are, more eager to get back to work. So things change. Nothing stays the same. So don't give up is my advice.
1: And who are some of the famous people you have dressed?
4: Oh, my gosh. So the first person I've worked with, the first celebrity, well, it's crazy. Let me rewind. The first celebrity to actually go to my fashion show was Justin Bieber. I have a picture of him with an artist that I actually styled and worked with. I will send you that picture. That's so funny. Um, and I've worked with Kim, Kim Kardashian. I remember styling her and I've styled so many. I mean, where do I even start from, from magicians to artists
1: and of course, politicians and media personalities, politicians,
4: media. Yeah. There's so many that I've worked with, um, for the Grammys. Britney Spears, I had sent her a few dresses, but then, you know, they get loco. Um, and of course, a lot, a lot of people that I have worked with, they're all Democrats. You know, it's, it's interesting because they find out how conservative I am and, and they don't talk politics. Some of because them have. Fashion
1: under- isn't political. Fashion is about fashion. Fashion is about looking good and beauty and health and what you wear. And it shouldn't be political. Where can our audience find Ola Style?
4: Okay, so I do have a podcast as well on American One. And all my information is actually on American One. And so if you, there's olastyle.net or you can log on to um, the American One page and you can find all my information on there and I will send you the link it's um, it's AmericanOne.com the number one
5: mm-hmm.
1: any last things you want to share any last thoughts with our audience
4: well whoever's out there uh, like I said don't, don't give up on your dream whatever it is and whatever you're passionate about uh, don't be be persuaded everyone, uh, we talked about some, some touchy subjects, um, that people are so afraid to talk about. Stay true to yourself
1: and God bless. Thank you for having me on. You're always welcome back. We are going to actually have a surprise for two of our lucky listeners for the, New, New, I'm sorry, the New Jersey show that's coming up and for New York Fashion Week. So you're going to be back. You're going to be, um, featured in our new york fashion week shows so ola we love having you on we love you. we love your fashion tips and your ideas because your fashion tips are really great goals for everyday lifestyle dreams thank you so much thank you Welcome back to the Jewish Patriot where you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy, but I will tell you, our next guest proves that it's a very tasty way to be a part of a Jewish show. I am here with Chef Marty. He's back to discuss soups. I can't think of a better dinner during the nine days uh, when the Jews are mourning and preparing for Tisha B'Av than having one of your vegan soups and let's be honest the vegans today the growth in vegans is so strong in 2022 in the UK alone there was about 1.5 percent of the population within a year it grew 0.3 percent and the term veganism has increased in the past two years by 580% on Google. This is an international trend and I'm so glad you are a part of it because your food is delicious. Thanks for joining us, Chef Marty.
6: Cindy, thanks for having me.
1: So for those who aren't uh, Jewish or aren't religious and understanding the days of mourning, why don't we eat meat and why Many of the soups and some of the plant-based foods you make are so timely right now. Can you explain it to the audience, please?
6: Yes, we make six plant-based soups for the retail market that comes in pints and quarts under the original brand of Hale and Hardy, which is around the tri-state area for over 30 years. We brought back the tradition of the original recipes all fresh, 100% natural, restaurant-quality products. The six soups that are available in your supermarkets are vegetarian split pea, a Tuscan white bean with fresh spinach, a three-lentil chili, a 10-vegetable with 10 fresh vegetables, tomato with fresh basil and rice, in a wild mushroom barley, which is one of my favorite, with four varieties of mushrooms. These are all plant-based, vegan, no dairy, OU, kosher, Pov plant-based.
1: So it's for the non-Jew and the most religious Jew that could appreciate them. I will tell you one of my favorites, and I challenge any uh, five-star restaurant, to to have a food challenge with you and taste the different, because it's just my favorite, the white bean and spinach that you mentioned. And your split pea is just out of this world. I felt like I was eating my grandma's homemade soup.
6: You're exactly correct. We take much pride in the quality of our soup. We have the original Hale and Hardy chef that's been here for 27 years. So we're following the original recipes, and we're basically sourcing at Hunts Point Market and buying whatever local vegetables we can make.
1: And another thing about your soups, it's really chunky, it's really tasty, and it's very filling. And in this day and age, everybody is looking to fill up and be healthy and eat more fiber. I mean, everybody's having fiber, 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 and there's nothing better on a summer night than a bowl of soups, side salads, and uh, feeling full and feeling very content and happy because they ate healthy.
6: That's correct. That's why our name is Hale and Hardy. Our soups are a meal. When you eat one of our soups, Even our meat-based soups, you're not looking for the chicken. In our sausage and chicken jambalá, you see the chicken. You see the sausage. It's a meal in itself. Like you said, the split pea, the wild mushroom, the three chili lentil, the Tuscan white bean, these are hearty soups.
1: And you mentioned that it's in the tri-state area, but we know that... uh... Due to demand, because I know I keep getting uh, asked questions from a lot of my followers that uh, stream us across the country, you are expanding into other areas, and uh, this will be available in supermarkets and in kosher specialty places around the country within the next few months,
6: correct? Correct. Right now, we're basically in the New York area. We're in a lot of uh, gourmet delis. We're in food towns. We're in pioneer supermarkets. We're in some key foods. Uh, we're expanding with Nassau provisions into the kosher world. Uh, we ask you to request at your local supermarket to carry Helen and Hardy soup. We would appreciate that. We are expanding into the Washington, Baltimore area. And next week, we're going into the Chicago area.
1: That's fantastic. And, of course, we're going to start talking about all these foods and some of the other uh uh foods that you prepare as we get into the Jewish holiday season, the back-to-school season, where people are looking for prepared foods like the soups. Uh, what do you think is going to be, like everybody always asks me, comes the fall, like the biggest trend in foods? And I keep telling everybody it's going to be soups. And I really keep telling people it's going to be soups that have not only a lot of fiber, but the protein factors, the, like the split pea, the the bean soups. What do you see in the trends? Because that's what I'm hearing from a lot of my foodies.
6: Well, I'm also proud, and we're running a buy one, get one free for a quart of uh, plant, I'm not plant-based, excuse me, of bone broth. Mm-hmm. Bone broth, basically, we make from fresh bones. We simmer for 24 hours with fresh vegetables and herbs. We do; it's 100% natural. We do not add any flavor base to enhance it because we put enough chicken bones and vegetables to give us our protein. So, I see our bone broth being the best product on the market, either kosher or non-kosher.
1: Anything else you want to share with us? Anything you want to talk about in regard to upcoming soups? Uh, Anybody who follows you sees how you experiment constantly. I saw you testing out some fruit soups on your uh, Facebook. Tell us what's coming up.
6: Well, I'm testing a fresh gazpacho with fresh vegetables. I should have my shelf life I'm looking for in about two weeks. Uh, Next week I'm going to do a cold Borscht with orange zest and fresh dill. Oh, yeah. And, I, and so we'll do a vegetarian, uh, let's call it a hearty borscht. It will have potatoes, cabbage, beets, lima beans in it, carrots, celery.
1: You're going to come back for Russia Hashanah with that because that sounds incredible.
6: Speaking of Russia Hashanah, we will have a new line out on the market and you'll be the first to announce it called Mazon, the Taste of Tradition. So we will be using Mazon's original 40-year-old soup recipes to put them back, including we will have chicken broth with matzo balls. We will also be selling matzo balls a la card for Rosh Hashanah, kashavanisha, toasted egg barley, with my old fashioned
1: toasted egg barley, because I, yeah, real it.
6: egg barley, not a china de pepe, not this, not barley, real old fashioned hamish egg barley. And we also will put back into production Mazone's famous potato kugel.
1: And I will tell everybody, because everybody asked about chicken soup at that time, as somebody who has recently had the chicken soup, you have full pieces of chicken in it. You can see the white meat. The dark meat, not the fat. That's the plain pieces of meat you could eat and enjoy. So I'm sure that's going to be a very big hit in the coming months.
6: Chicken noodle soup is right now my number one seller. Then it's the Tuscan white bean, then the split pea, then turkey chili with beans.
1: Wow. So I picked two out of the four there that I love the most. I'm not, personally, I'm not the chicken soup person. I like a hearty soup that fills me up, <laughs> but that's why I like the vegan ones. Uh, Marty, I look forward to working with you. And the number one question I'm asked constantly by both my Jewish and my non-Jewish followers are where we can get some of the great old fashioned traditional Jewish foods available outside of Jewish communities. And I'm going to be working with Marty in the next uh, few months to make sure that if you want to try some of these soups or any of the the foods we're going to be talking about, that we get it in your neighborhood so that whether or not you live in an area that's surrounded by kosher supermarkets or you're the only Jewish person in your neighborhood, you will have access. We will make sure it gets to you because of the wonderful world of traveling. And if you ever saw the way they pack up their uh, foods with dry ice and insulation, it gets there fresh and uh, tasty. So, we're going to work on this together. And, Chef Marty, where can our audience find you?
6: Tell them to go online to hailandhardy.com and they could send me a request.
1: And you could also reach out to me at the Jewess Patriot through my social media and I will get it to Chef Marty. Thank you again. Like we said, in the nine, month, uh, nine, month, nine days where Jews are not eating meat, a great alternative, plus the hottest food trend right now is plant-based. We are so honored to have you a part of the show.
6: Cindy, thanks for having me.
3: I'm Brian Schultz, founder of the Freshwater Pearl Company. I created the company to honor my mom's legacy and her 19-year journey with breast cancer. I watched all the support she needed along her journey, and it was on my heart to find a way to give back and support other women and families experiencing breast cancer as well. Giving back is a big part of what we do. We donate 2% of our gross online sales to support many nonprofit organizations like Dana Farber Cancer Institute, the American Cancer Society, and Runway for Recovery, to name a few. To help support our mission of giving back, please keep the Freshwater Pro company in mind this month when you need a gift for a friend, family, or loved one. We have many pieces on sale this month and have also curated a number of pre-packaged combo sets and gift ideas. We have packages made from our most popular pearl types, ranging from Baroque freshwater pearls to coin pearls, as well as our unique and stylish Keshi pearls for all types of budgets and design. You can shop our combo packages and gift ideas at thefreshwaterpearlcompany.com. Thank you for supporting both our mission and our business.
0: have been listening to the U.S. Patriot with Cindy Gross. Welcome back into the program. I am your American Patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. Before we leave you on this Sunday, the third Sunday of July, by the way, here it is July 16th. It is National Ice Cream Day. So it's been so hot across the planet. It's been so dry across uh, sections of my part of the country, which is, uh, I come to you from St. Louis, but I know Cindy's up in New York, but it's been hot and dry here. And I'm thinking of screaming for some ice cream today. So maybe you can enjoy a nice cone, a nice scoop, whatever you got to do. Find some ice cream today. I'll tell you this, you know, the most all-time favorite, vanilla. Vanilla. To me, that's a little plain. I like the strawberry cheesecakes, the strawberry bananas. But either way, I digress. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan, he proclaimed July as National Ice Cream Month, and he established the National Ice Cream Day on the third Sunday in July. So let's all sit back and relax. He wants to commemorate the treat that more than 90 percent of the population of the United States enjoys. So I'm going to do that for you. Let's go out to some ice cream today. Until next week, love someone, be kind, and choose joy in this crazy world. See ya.
7: Dedicate one to the lady. Now, summertime your babe, need something to keep you cool. Ah, oh, now summertime sip, babe, need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something for you, I'll tell you what it is. I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. Oh my, my, I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. You see, now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Hold on a second, baby. I got put my banana, ah, and Dixie cups, all flavors and push-ups too. I'm your ice cream man, baby, stop me when I'm passing by. See now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy Hold on one more Well, I'm usually passing by just about 11 o'clock <laughs> i never stop, i usually passing by just around 11 o'clock And if you let me cool you one time, you'll be my regular style All right, boys i put my banana, pixie cups, Oh flavors and boo We're
1: This is Cindy Gross, the Jewish Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next
0: week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcast. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.